Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello and welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason and with me as usual is Rich. Hello, Rich. Hey, what's going on? How much? I mean, I'm just looking forward to continuing our our streak our streak of incredible over and back classic NBA podcast episodes up to 270 something. That's what I thought. Yeah. Somewhere around there. I mean, it's it, over the yeah. span of, of seven to eight to nine years. I don't remember yeah. how long the show's right. been, but uh, 2014, it seems like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That sounds about yeah. right. So yeah, it's, okay. it's, I mean, I, hopefully, yeah. I mean, it would really suck to set up the show like right. that this time and then just absolutely blow it this time, you know, on this episode, but especially yeah. with this topic, it'd be very ironic, but uh, yeah, I guess right. we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. But I, I think Jason, I'm confident we're going to do it again and have another incredible show. Oh, Rich, I, uh, I'm your confidence instills me with confidence, <laughs> enough confidence to, you know, I was to, very to, un- not confident about it. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I should be the <laughs> right. lead there. All right. Fair enough. We'll, we'll do our best anyway. So, yeah. Um, yes. So we are going to talk about regular season win streaks. Actually, we're going to talk about playoff win streaks as well a little bit, but we're going to di- dive in deep to the regular season win streaks. The Phoenix Suns recently had a 18 game winning streak, which is, is pretty good. Although in terms of NBA history, it um, falls short slightly of the all time greatest streaks. We're going to talk about those. Um we're going to focus mostly on single season ones because we do feel like multi-season win streaks are kind of BS, but we will at least briefly mention uh, those as well. But yeah, it's going to be a fun show. I think, uh, you know, lots of, uh, you know, I, I, you and I, before we decided to do this episode, we're like, wait, we haven't done this before. Yeah, we were both convinced. I was like, hey, let, let's do this. And then you're like, well, we've definitely done that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. We probably have. And then we we, right. <laughs> we probably spent like a good hour, at least I did, being like, no, right. we definitely did. And going through and clicking all of our old episodes and being like, yeah, maybe we've discussed some of these teams and and, and had yeah. you know discussions about these teams and their entire seasons or their places in NBA history. We've right. actually never sat down and done a, you know, this team is on the longest you know win streak. It may be a result of like, you know, never, you know, it not happening in, in, you know, our time or never being as close as, you know, the, the sun's got, I mean, there were a few ones that we're going to talk about sure. here, obviously that got pretty close and, uh, you know, some regular, some postseason ones and some other weird stuff, but yeah, we have never actually done a longest regular season win streaks and well, we're going to change that right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, right. We've done best starts, which I think is the one we, that we were a little confused about. It's like, oh, we did the we did the best starts. And one of the teams on here that we're going to talk about a little bit also has the record for best start in NBA history. So 
gonna be fun to dive into. Absolutely, but let's uh, let's get right into it with the uh, the number one team. Uh, pretty famous win streak here. Uh, nineteen seventy two Los Angeles Lakers. Thirty three straight games. It begins November fifth, nineteen seventy one, against the Baltimore Bullets. Ends January 9th, nineteen seventy two, versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the end of season result after after all this win streak. We'll talk about that uh, a bit as well. They went sixty nine and thirteen. And they won an NBA championship. That's important, too, to note. We're, we're, note what most teams do after they go on very, very long win streaks. And then what one of these teams that we're going to talk about does, which is is, is very fun and uh, unique here. But, yeah, this Laker, it's obviously a very famous Lakers team, a very famous Lakers run. I mean, the biggest thing that you look at with this 1972 Lakers team, and a lot of things did change uh, as the season went on, but the, probably the biggest thing in the offseason uh, was bringing in Bill Sharman as the new head coach. So Joe Mullaney, who, who you know gets maligned for his run a little bit, you know, yeah, he inherited a team that had been to the finals, and you know, it's not really totally fair to him because he got them to the finals <laughs> again. You know, what I mean, they in 1970 they lose to the Knicks, you know, four to three, and then they go up against the buzzsaw that was Kareem and the Bucks. We'll talk about them a little bit later as well in 1971, and and that's like you know, it's that is seen as in, in with this team, and I get it, it's a stacked team, it's a pretty loaded team, but yeah, mm-hmm. losing the finals and and you know, back to back, losing to the Knicks and losing to the Bucks or whatever is seen as, as as a massive failure for Joe Mullaney. So he's out of town and Bill Sharman goes in and, you know, a lot of things are going to change, you, you know, and, and the big thing is the Lakers are old at this time. And that's a big reason why it was like, hey, our window is closing, so we got we to gotta make the most out of this. Will Chamberlain, he's in his 12th season. Elgin Baylor's in his 13th season. Jerry West is in his 11th season. So you bring in Bill Sharman with the idea that, hey, let's get this going. Let's, let's win as quick as possible. And Bill Sharman, much to the surprise, I think, of a lot of people, institutes a faster tempo for the team and says, you know, no, here's what we're going to do. The prior year, they were ninth in pace. He says, we're going to go first. We're going to run. We're going to score. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Wilt, you're not going to score all the time. You're going to get rebounds. You're going to pass. West, you're going to go. You know, Baylor, you're going to run. All these guys, we're going to run. We're going to have a higher tempo offense. We're going to get more shots up. We're going to score more. And that's how we're going to win. And Wilt and West were able to adapt to that style. Great. West was able to have one, you know, one of his best seasons ever in his 11th season. Will Chamberlain, obviously, the numbers took a big hit, but he was able to become an even more uh, important rebounder, even more important overall player uh, in this new system. The problem, though, and the the one, you know, big, big, uh, huge, you know, loss in this all was Elgin Baylor, who just could not handle this style, couldn't handle the practices, couldn't handle the games. He was getting up there in age, had some knee injuries, and it was kind of all over for him. So nine games into the season, he retires. Uh, and at the time of his retirement, the Lakers, who, you know, yeah, they revamped some things. They changed a little bit. They're 6-3, and three, which isn't bad. You know, 6-3 and three is okay. That's not a record you're sure. too upset about. Uh, November 5th, they'd win uh, 110-106 over the Baltimore Bullets. All five guys in that Lakers lineup score in double figures. 31 for Gail Goodrich, who was, who was really, really coming into his own here as well. 22 for Jim McMillan, who would replace Elgin Baylor in the lineup. We're going to talk a lot about Jim McMillan. Uh, 19 for Jerry West, a cool 12 and 25 for Wilt. And, of course, 10 points for Happy Harrison. You can't leave out Happy Harrison. You cannot leave out Happy Harrison. You if cannot. you had left out Happy Harrison, I would have quit right now. We would have lost And they would have lost that, they lost that right. game. 110-106, you take the 10 right. away from Happy Harrison, that, that, yeah. that's a loss. This win streak that's, never happens. <laughs> that's sad Harrison right there if you don't get that. Right. That win yeah. streak is done. Kaput. Doesn't happen. Uh, in this case, though, it's Happy Harrison did score 10 points. So, on November right. 5th, they beat the Baltimore Bullets. They would not lose again until January. They decimate the previous all-time record, winning 33 games in a row. And what's really impressive about this one, what's super impressive, is they didn't squeak by. They won a lot. They won by an average of 16 points per game. 23 of their wins were by 10 or more points. 17 were by 15 or more points. And 8 were by 20 or more points. They also had a 30-point win, a 40-point win, and their 33rd win 
against Atlanta was a 44-point win. So it's not like they were slowing down. They were getting better, it seemed, with time. And, you know, I really, really quickly wanted to talk about the Elgin Baylor thing before we kind of get into, you know, what people average and all that sort of stuff. It's largely seen as like, hey, Baylor goes down and it kind of unlocks this offense and things get rampant, you know, ramped up or whatever. And that's partially true, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, like, you know, Jim McMillan was obviously able to fit in perfectly. Gail Grudwich was able to get a lot more shots. And, and uh, everybody else was kind of able to open up their game a little bit more without Elgin Baylor. But, I mean, I don't think that it's like if Baylor's knees did hold up. I don't think it's, you know, this team was really good. It's not like they were... I don't know. Do, do you think that this streak would have happened if Baylor was still around, or do you think it, he was an important, you know, his retirement was an important part of them really getting going? Yeah, I mean, I, I think just because of the way it allowed the other guys to step up, particularly McMillan, um, I just think if Baylor is there, I mean, they still would have been a good team, maybe even a great team. They might have won a championship, but I don't think there's any possible way that they win 33 games in a row with such a big change to that team. I mean, that's, you know, I don't, I just think any element that you change, even a small one, it's lightning in a bottle. It just, I, I don't think you're going to be able to capture, you know, a 33 game winning trick. I don't think is, is possible if you shift the dynamics that much. Yeah. And then and I, I kind of agree as well. Cause it's just, it was a whole different team with McMillan in there and it was a whole different sure. team without Elgin Baylor and they were able to right. be faster. They were able to kind of just blow people away with their offense. And, and, you know, not that Elgin couldn't have contributed to that, but they probably don't have the same amount of speed, especially if they're, they're trying to slow down to keep Elgin Baylor. You know, if Elgin Baylor was a perfectly healthy and, you know, <laughs> 10 years younger, no, it's probably fine. Oh, it's probably sure. perfectly okay. Yeah. He's, you know, in his 13th season with a, a, a ton of injuries yeah, it, it's very likely they would have said, "Hey, you know, if, El- if we're going to put Elgin out there, we got to slow things down a little bit. We got to kind of chill out a little bit." And and without him, you were able to say, "All right, cool. We have our older guys in Wilt and 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 West. West is fine. He's going to hold up pretty well. Wilt, we're just going to tell him, "Hey, get rebounds, and you know, if you can catch up with us down court, <laughs> that's cool. But we might try to score before you even get to the half court." And then you know, then you had Goodrich and McMillan and all those guys, and those guys were just so good. And and the rest of the team is a super deep team too. And that's why we're, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the sh- you know points per games that everybody had, but like. Yeah, there was a ton of guys on that team that contributed uh, very important roles, and everybody was getting on the board and scoring and, and, and playing great defense. I mean, it's they're one of the all-time great teams, and we're talking about one of just the unbelievably great teams. And if you win 33 games in a row, you know, you're, you're pretty good. But, uh, yeah, they were – I mean, they were just a dynamo during, during this period. And, and, and again, those, those – the amount that they won these games by, you, you know, 30 points, 40 points, 44 points in their 33rd win. Like, they're not slowing down. They're not like, ah, this is getting – you know, because we're going to talk about some teams, and it's like the burden of this win streak is going to weigh down on these teams, and they're going to start, you know, squeaking by by like one or two points or whatever. They win by forty-four <laughs> to get their thirty-three or you know win. They're just incredible at this point, and yeah, ten, uh, twenty-three of them by ten or more points. I think is just pretty impressive as well. But uh, uh, during the streak, Will Chamberlain he averages twelve point five points per game, twenty rebounds per game. So again, speaking to you know Sharman saying, "Hey, look, you're Will Chamberlain. I get it. We got a lot of talent on this team. Get rebounds." You're still going to get your points, but let's maybe not have you score 35 a game. Let's maybe instead kind of slim it down a little bit and spread that scoring around other people, including Gail Goodrich. He averages 26.6 points per game. Uh, he does a 42-point game against Houston on December 8th as well. And then Jim McMillan, who I think is arguably the biggest key to the streak, not because he's the best player, but just because he, he you, you see the change of what this team was before Elgin Baylor goes down before Jim McMillan's in the lineup, and then when he's out of the lineup, and you see it in his game as well, Jim McMillan. So he averages eight points per game his rookie season, takes over for Elgin in this year, explodes for 20.1 points per game and 7.5 rebounds per game uh, during the streak as well. I mean, just a, an incredible run uh, for Jim McMillan. And then finally, Jerry West, uh, also a very good player. Uh, he rocked during the streak, too. 25.7 points per game, 10.1 assists per game, and even has a 45-point game on December 1st. 
fittingly against the Boston Celtics. Really wanted to put it on the Celtics. There and you say, go. God yeah. damn it, I'm sick of this shit. Finally, <laughs> finally, I finally built Russell's gun. I can finally right, these guys. right. He's yeah. like, God damn it, I hate these guys. And <laughs> so. yeah, and the point, and you know, one notable thing I think in terms of this, the shift of the style of play is that they really put, you know, West became more of, and he always kind of went between point guard and shooting guard throughout his career. He was just a guard basically, but he really, you know, was orchestrating the offense and playmaking, I think even more than, I mean, he was scoring plenty, obviously, but I think he was, they really changed around things in terms of the speed as well. But I think having him be more of the facilitator than he had been in, you know, previously, I think also was obviously instrumental in, you know, both his success and the team's success that year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Career high assist per game uh, this year as well. It's at 9.7. And, and, you know, in those peak Laker years when he was scoring, you know, 30 a game or whatever, he's doling out, you know, five, six assists per game, somewhere in that range. And then, yeah, you know, in his, his record breaking, you know, his 31.2 point per game year, only 7.5 assists, which is still very good. But, yeah, you see it completely different. I mean, he's right up against 10 uh, assists per game through the season. And like we said, during the streak, he was at 10.1 uh, during that time as well. So it all sets up for January 9th, 1972, which had to be. I mean, this I, I really wish I was alive for this. I mean, it, it, it had to be one of the great all-time regular season matchups of all time. You have the 36-8 and defending champion Milwaukee Bucks versus the 39-4 and Los Angeles Lakers. We kind of got that this week. Uh, you know, with, with the Suns and the Warriors, but it was not as deep in the season. You know, I mean, it was still kind of like, yeah, this team's like eighteen and three, and this team's eighteen and two, or whatever. It was like, it was good, but I mean, this is like thirty six and eight. This team just won the title, thirty nine and four. The Lakers on this unbelievable run. I mean, this is an all time game here uh, on January 9th. and and uh, it's going to change you know the course of of the season for for both teams because on this night the Bucks are going to emerge victorious. Uh, they're going to win one twenty one oh four. Not even that close. Of I mean, just a beat them down and and they get 39 and 20 from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar they get 17 points from Oscar Robertson 18 from Lucius Allen and just a great individual effort by the Milwaukee Bucks the Lakers finally end their lose or the the, the winning streak finally ends at 33 uh, games but as we said this is a great team they're going to reel off two eight-game win streaks later in the season, and they're going to finish the year with a record NBA record 69 and 13 record. Obviously, only broken until uh, or you know withstood until 1996 when the Chicago Bulls broke it at 72 and 10, and uh, the Lakers would go on to win the NBA title and and do it in dominating fashion as well. I mean, they would win their first round series against the Bulls four to zero. They would face off with the Bucks again in a big time Western uh, Conference Finals uh, series, but they would win that four to two, and then they would go against the Knicks, who you know obviously beat them a couple years prior and beat them four one as well so a pretty easy uh, uh path to the uh, finals easy in terms of like they won easily not easily in terms of like the teams they had to face but this was a great great uh lakers team and in the end they uh they're gonna win a record 81 regular season and playoff games combined uh that would last until the boston celtics did that same thing uh in 1986 as well so just a historic all-time great team and obviously the longest uh regular season win streak of all time that uh seems Nearly impossible. To, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, the, the fanfare around a team with like an 18-game win streak. The fanfare around a team, you know, we're, we're going to talk about the next team here with the Warriors where it felt like it was just everybody was focused and laser-focused and hyper-focused on this win streak. Like, 33, man, I don't know. That seems so hard to do. Oh, yeah. I. It, it's hard to imagine. Uh, yeah, it, again, it was like basically the perfect – confluence of factors you know that is certainly the time in which the league you know obviously the league had changed a lot because of expansion and because of you know the aba's impact and you know it was it was a different type of league at the time um you know obviously there's a lot of 
these types of you know really long streaks around this time. We can talk about the Bucks, you know, from the the previous year, and then the Knicks had a long one breaking the record just the year before. So you know, it, they were more common during this time. But thirty three is just you know, it, it seems almost impossible to imagine you know more than a third of the season, almost half the season, you know, having a um, a winning streak like this. Like I said, you know, some teams have gotten you know have gotten reasonably close, but even not really that close because it's so hard, you know, it's so hard. And when that pressure, you know, builds and the spotlight magnifies and, you know, the teams start gunning for you and, you know, with sophistication of, you know, the way that, um, you know, teams are able to scout and have certain matchups and all that. It's just, it, it's, it's really tricky. You, one thing I want to mention here is, um, you talked about the two, eight game win streaks, but yeah, uh, the last one came near the end of the season. Um, and the, uh, the Lakers almost got to 70. In fact, they, they lost, um, you know, one of their last 13 games and it was to the, uh, it was to the Cavs who had like, uh, you know, we're like in the 15 win season or 20 win season or something like that. Just like a, uh, a completely, uh, you know, garbage team. That was only the one that they, I was 23, 56. So, so bad team, but not necessarily garbage team, but yeah, that was the, uh, that was the one that they couldn't win, you know, in their last uh, 13 games. Otherwise they would have closed out with 70 wins. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah, nice, nice yeah. round number, which obviously everybody right, appreciates. I mean, well, 69, I mean, 69 wins is nice. It's nice, but it's not, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not quite 70. Yeah, it's, you know, you, and you're speaking a little bit about how tough it would be to do this win streak. It almost feels like once you get to this point, there'd probably be a thing where the team would be like, all right, we got to rest some of these guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're not, we don't need to be going out there and just like going balls to the wall every single night because it's like we want to win a title. It's so much more important for for a team probably to, hey, you know what? We'll have a 22-game win streak and we'll win the NBA title. I, You know, having a 34-game win streak and, and, and maybe, you know, blowing it to try to keep that win streak alive and, and getting our guys hurt and having everybody have to play every game as hard as possible to keep this win streak alive. Like a lot of teams might do that calculus and say, it's just not worth it. I mean, it'd be cool, but yeah, I, I totally see in today's NBA, it, it, it being too difficult to do. And there's just too much good scouting, too many good teams, too many good players. And just ultimately the team itself being like, is this really worth it? Like having our guys go out there and just yeah. try as hard as possible every single game to try to maintain this win streak. It's cool when it happens like organically, but yeah, having to, sure. having to really force it, which probably ha- once you get to like 30 games, like you're really like at like oh, yeah. an insane, insane level. And yeah, we've seen it in recent history. It's just the burden of it is so much for these teams that, that a lot of times it's like, Oh, thank God it's over. Okay. Now we can move right. on and, and, and get, you know, focus on, you know, the, the whole season itself. And, and, and winning a title absolutely so more recent example uh golden state warriors 2015 2016 so all right so now we, got, all right. <laughs> now we got to address the whole multi um game uh, multi-season winning streak which i i think you and i both agree is kind of a bs concept so yeah i don't love uh, it don't love it yeah it's like ignoring a playoffs and then retaining right. it for the regular season and it's like a different yeah. year i don't i don't like it's it it's not yeah. the same roster you know the, all, the whole the whole scope of the league has changed like yeah i i don't recognize it so yeah but they did have they had a 24 game winning streak which would be third um all time in nba history still pretty good um and yes, so that winning streak in uh, 2016 season, of course, you know, uh, was um, was the first 24 games of the season, which ended up, um, you know, breaking the record for best start to a, a season. Um, you know, it uh, it began in the first game of the season, obviously, October 27, 2015 against the Pelicans, and it ended December 12th, 2015 against the Milwaukee Bucks. Two notable things about that. One, that's my uh, that was my daughter's seventh birthday. And two, also notable, Rich. I was there. 
Yeah. Yeah. I it was, uh, it was me and my buddies. Yeah. We were, uh, I was yeah. texting around and I, I was like, man, the, they're in town here. Milwaukee's not that far of a drive. It's an hour and a half. It's not, you know, it's, right. it's, it's, no, it's yeah. somewhat arduous, but this is record. You know, this is, this is history. I'm going to be able to watch history. I'm going to be able to watch the Golden State Warriors continue their win streak against the, the lowly, mediocre Milwaukee Bucks. And oh boy, right. I was wrong. So I, uh, oh, I apologize yeah. to Golden State Warriors fans because I, uh, uh, the streak was over and, and, you know, I was able to will Greg Monroe into like an all-time great game as, as Greg Monroe single-handedly destroyed it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. th- you know, we'll talk a little bit about it. But this is a great example of like the burden of this win streak, really, like kind of just weighing down the Warriors. And it was like the night prior they were in Boston, and every and guys are getting hurt, and they're like limping, and they're they're just barely able to beat Boston. And it's like fuck, we got to get on a plane, and now we got to go to Milwaukee, and we got to right. play Milwaukee like the next night, like t- you know. 18 hours later, we got to get back on this court and do it again. And, oh, this crowd, I've never heard an NBA crowd louder than the Milwaukee crowd was. I mean, they just, they so badly wanted to win this game and beat the Warriors. It's like the NBA Finals to, 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 you know, the Milwaukee Bucks. This was the NBA Finals. We're going to stop these guys. We're going to talk about that with, you know, the the Miami Heat and the Chicago Bulls as well, where it's just like when you get to this deep in the thing, it's like, no, this is our finals. We're going to beat this team, we're going to end this win streak. But, uh, yeah, I just couldn't miss this. I, I Tickets were available. They were reasonably priced. Hour and a half drive. I had a, fr- I had a friend. I was just going to go on my own, even if a friend didn't want to go. So I was able to, right. to cobble together two friends. We, we went. We went. And, and, well, yeah, we'll talk about what happened. So. Sure. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so average margin of victory during the streak was 14.2 points. And it, it it's interesting that within the streak, there were very dominant periods. And there were periods where they were, like, getting, you know, by the – the skin of their teeth, especially toward the end, which obviously makes sense. But um, some, some notable highlights. Game four of the streak was a one 119-69 win against the Grizzlies. Not 50 nice. 50-point margin? No. <laughs> Not no, nice. <laughs> no. 50-point margin. Uh, actually, the Grizzlies, you know, you, you, you might be thinking, okay, well, did the Grizzlies suck that year? Actually, they were 42-40, and 40, so they were not a bad team. You know, it's kind of toward the end of the grit and grind um, thing. Um, so, you know, it wasn't like they destroyed, you know, um, the worst team in the league or anything. That was a, um, you know, d- destruction of what ended up being a pretty good team. Uh, game five was the closest, uh, margin, at least in terms of the early part of the streak, a one twelve one Oh eight win over the Clippers at this point, still have Chris Paul, still Blake Griffin, you know, still, um, you know, an excellent team. Uh, and like I said, they're really the only close game early on in the streak and they pretty much start to dominate uh from there up until games 11 through 13 they have single digit wins against the uh the nets which is an overtime the raptors and the clippers i mean you know still more than five points it wasn't like it was a buzzer beater type situation um but you know it gets and then they get into a five game uh situation where they win by a margin of 19.4 points. So, you know, get, they get through game 18 and, you know, they're, they're just rolling at that point, you know, they're, they're, you know, they, and, you know, half of those games were on the road too. So it wasn't like they just benefited from being at home, but, um, and one notable uh, one there game 16, they break the record for the best start in the season, which had been shared by the 1949 Capitals, who we'll get into a little bit later and the 1994 Rockets, the, uh, they beat the Lakers one eleven to seventy seven. Kobe Bryant shoots one for fourteen in this game. Yeah, so it's, sounds about uh, right for twenty sixteen Kobe. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that one is uh, you know, and, and they're cruising up until you know game nineteen against the Utah Jazz. They only win that by three, and then 
you know, pretty much things tighten up for the most part. You know, at this point, they um, they have single digit wins over the Raptors in game 21, game 23 over the Pacers, and then game 24, the final game of the streak, as you mentioned, they beat the Celtics by five in double overtime. Really exhausting game. And, and really impressive to me that the Warriors managed to win the last ga- six games of the streak on the road. Yeah, you know? I mean, that's yeah. an arduous. And I remember right. it, too. I mean, it was like – and it was like very tight. You know, these games were the, – the, the difference between these games, I mean, we're talking like a couple days. You know, like I said, the Celtics, that goes to double OT, and then they got to get on a plane and go to Milwaukee and play the next night. I mean, it was an arduous – arduous thing and then yeah it, it, it felt at this time like okay this win streak is like really kind of burdening this team and probably it might be right. better for them just to like like i what as we were driving up I, I think i had this discussion i was like you know what they might just literally say like you know what guys forget it like curry take the night off draymond take the night off like it's fine we'll let james michael mcadoo or whatever like start the game and see what he could do because it's just like this is i mean guys are getting like sore and hurt and like what is this really even worth and and i'm glad they didn't do that i'm glad they did give it an honest try but yeah you could totally justify it this time like i said do the thing where you're just like all right guys this is over like this is not worth it like we're really busting our ass to get this win streak you know to stay alive is it really worth it is it really worth you know doing this or getting guys hurt or whatever maybe it's the best if we just kind of rest guys and 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 then the streak but uh, yeah this period in particular was like i i remember at the time it was just like oh my god these guys there's no way they're gonna keep this going and they kept getting it and they kept doing it and that made it a lot of fun but it also you could see it really starting to weigh uh, on the Warriors here, especially that Celtics double OT. I mean, they had to bust their ass to win that game, and it's like, yeah, totally justified if they just told Curry and all those guys, "Hey, don't get on the plane. It's fine. Just go home, rest up, and and we'll, and we'll get back at it in a couple, you know, a couple days." Sure. Yeah. I, no. And I wonder if it makes any difference being at the beginning of the season versus later on in the season. And as we'll see with the Heat, you know, that that was definitely a a, a bit of a different dynamic because of the sure. time in which it happened in the season and the effect it had on them at least for the rest of the season. Although they um, obviously they rallied and won the championship. But uh, I just want to mention, you know, Steph Curry's numbers um, during the streak, um, 32.5 points per game, 5.3 rebounds, 6.1 assists, uh, shoots a 465 from three and uh, <laughs> yeah, on 11 attempts per game. So yeah, this is, this is like the unanimous MVP year for him. You know, the, um, the Warriors, you know, they, they end up breaking a lot of best start records as they finish the season. 73 and nine have one of the great regular seasons of all time and one of the great playoff runs of all time up until uh, eh, they blow that three, one lead against the uh, Cavs and uh, lose the championship. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you just, they were such an incredible team to watch. And, and I, I think that year in particular um, before Durant, and I, and I think the Durant teams were, were fun to watch too, but I think just the way that it was with um, just the way that, you know, Curry was playing with like abandoned and just the way that the team um, was gelling at that point, the confidence they gained after winning that championship and just how, um, you know, how exciting they were. Uh, it, it really was just, you know, one of the most, one of the most fun and exciting teams that I've ever seen play. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah. It was, it was, it yeah. was probably my favorite time watching the NBA that, during this period of, of, of this year. I mean, 2016, I think is, is, the 2015 2016 season is probably one of my favorites in NBA history because you had like yeah you had this team just literally breaking the NBA like just doing stuff that you had never seen before Curry just on an absolute another level I mean just breaking every conceivable shooting and three-point record and then like you said the, the swagger that this team had like the Miami Heat in, in their peak and we'll talk about them in a little bit they had a certain swagger to them but this Warriors swagger was like a smiling swagger you know what I mean like the the, the sure. Heat came in as like you know the the Death Star, the you know the Darth Vader and his his guys, you know, just going in, and it was all, they were like the big heels or whatever, and like the Warriors 
like people wanted to beat the Warriors, but they also yeah. were just like, ah, these guys are really good and really fun. Like, you know, there was uh, yeah. there was this sort of weird thing where like, yeah, they beat our ass, but like, of course they did. Look at them. They're so good. And they had like this fun confidence to them. It didn't feel like this, you know, the Miami Heat felt like, a, oh, I hate those guys. I want, I want my team to beat them. This was kind of these things that like when the Warriors beat you, you kind of had to like clap and just be like, well, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> like that guy... <laughs> You know, shot eleven times and 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 made every single three. Like, what do you want me to do? It's it's I, Steph Curry. Like, you know, this right. is they were doing just like ridiculous stuff during this year too, where it felt like some games they were just trying to like break records. I think you know they would just have games where they're just feeding a guy for ten minutes straight. It's <laughs> like they were just absolutely just better than everybody else that they played against. You had Luke Walton filling in at a certain point. That didn't even matter. They're like, oh, Steve Kerr's not the coach. What's going to happen? It's like, no, nah, right. Luke Walton's fine. Like, it's this, it's this team. Like, they don't need anybody. They're fine. They're right. just going to get it done. So, yeah, they, they were just a super, super fun team to watch. And, and and the entire NBA this year was really, really fun because you had this team and you had, like you said, you know, the the the, the Memphis Grizzlies, like a team that played a completely different style. And, and it worked to a point. It obviously didn't work in, in that one nineteen sixty nine loss. But, like, right. you know, they had a completely different style. There was enough fun teams and unique styles around the league it's to me it's one of the better years uh, in NBA history just because yeah there was so much diver- diversity and then just like an all-time all-time great playoffs that would end up following that you know big time you know finals comeback I mean you have the sure, OKC yeah. Golden State Warriors series oh, I mean just uh, an yeah. awesome just right. an, just an incredible incredible playoff series incredible season so yeah uh, yeah and I do think that your perception of the Warriors. I mean, yeah, especially early on, I do think that they had that. Uh, they were not necessarily the heels. Now, when Durant came, I think that. Yeah. Changed. Oh, that definitely but, switched. But, yeah. But, then it was like, yeah. this is a dumb super team. Like this wasn't a right. quote unquote super team. This is like, wow, they just kind of build all these guys and drafted all these guys they, and, the right way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And then they got right. Durant. It was right. like, ah, fuck this team. <laughs> right. Right. So exactly. they became yeah. the heels for sure. Once, once they got Durant. Absolutely. Oh, I guess I should talk about the game I went to. Are we are we at that point? Oh now? yeah, you you absolutely should talk about the game that you went to. Yes. So it's it's yes. over. The streak is over. Right. December twelfth, right. twenty fifteen. Yeah. Me and my dumb friends driving up, going to the game, yeah. and the Milwaukee Bucks. They do it. They make a, they do a twenty eight eighteen run in the fourth quarter that ends it all. Uh, the Warriors, you could tell how slow and, and things were getting. Steph Curry only two and nine from three. He still had twenty eight points. It's still a cool twenty eight points. Uh, Clay Thompson, 4 of 14 from the field, only 2 of 7 from 3. Draymond Green actually had an awesome game, 9 of 14 from the field, 24 points. Ooh, Andrew, Andre Iguodala, 1 of 9 from the field. Uh, yeah. When Festus Azili is your third best scorer in a game, that's probably that's not great. Right. <laughs> like yeah. You're probably not going to continue your win streak, so uh, it did not happen. But the more impressive thing is on the other side, the Milwaukee Bucks, a very, very young Giannis Antetokounmpo plays 42 minutes of this game, uh, has 11 points, only 4 at 10 from the field. He wasn't obviously his fully refined himself at this point, but he gets 12 rebounds, so that's pretty good. Chris Middleton, obviously future uh, NBA champion here, 3 of 12 from the field, eh, 7 points, not too bad. You're wondering, man, how did this team get this win? Like, who, who's who's stepping up for these guys? Who stepped up was Greg Monroe, baby. Greg <laughs> yeah, Monroe. Of course, yes. as we're talking about the Golden State Warriors destroying the NBA with their space and, pay, uh, and, and, and pace and three-pointers and pace and throwing up shots and getting up quick or whatever. It's big man Greg Monroe, 11 of 17 from the field, 28 points, 11 rebounds. I remember watching you, this, yeah. and it was just yeah. unbelievable that, like, the Bucks are like, I don't know, let's just back, you know, Festus Azili down and see what happens. And it worked. It worked incredibly well. Yeah, they were just, just feeding Greg Monroe. I never thought that Greg Monroe, Milwaukee Bucks Greg Monroe, too. Not Detroit right. Pistons Greg Monroe. Milwaukee Bucks right. Greg Monroe would yeah. be the reason why. Just- 
this team. Feed it to him in the post, and then, yeah, let him, let him work, man. That's it was do. like That's 1995. It was just, yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous watching this. Uh, uh, let him, yeah. Yeah, O.J. Mayo, 18 points as well. Uh, yeah. uh, Jabari yeah. Parker, 19 points. Michael wow. Carter-Williams, 30 points off the bench, 17 this was, points. <laughs> this was a different era, man. It wasn't that long ago, but yeah. That, uh, yes, this, yeah. this, is, this is a team that in guys. a couple years yeah. would win the NBA championship with. Right. Well, yeah. only two of these men still on the team. Everybody team, else is gone. Right. Yeah. So. right. Yeah. Yeah. Rightfully so. But yeah, that uh, sure. ends up uh, being the end of the streak. So I'm yeah. sorry. It was me that that did it. So it was you, it was your fault. Well, Bucks fans are happy for you. So yeah, yeah. And oh my yeah. god, the, the scene after this game. Yeah. It was like the streets were just filled with people just dancing yeah. and jumping up and down. <laughs> like you know, they're ten and fifteen. Yeah. The Bucks, you know, they're fine. They're okay. But yeah, it was like it was Game Seven of the NBA Finals for the Milwaukee Bucks and their fans on that night. But, so a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, given my experiences in Milwaukee, there's usually you know drunken revelry going on. There oh, anyway, for sure. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is exactly. this part for, part for the chorus, but yeah, a, li- sure. a little extra, a little extra well, juice sure, to sure. it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, what do we got next? Next, we have the Miami Heat, which, by the way, another fun story about this. I could have Ooh. gone to one of the games. Oh, wow. Because it was against okay. – the, the streak is going to end against the Bulls. And I had tickets to a Miami Heat-Bulls game. But I had – we'll talk about which one I had right. tickets to, okay. which was uh-huh. not this yeah. one. I had tickets no. to another Bulls-Miami uh, Heat right. game that didn't go yeah. quite as well for uh, my hometown Chicago Bulls. 27 sure. games for the uh, Miami Heat in 2013. Starts yeah. on February 3rd, 2013 against the Toronto Raptors on Super Bowl Sunday and ends March 27, 2013 against the Chicago Bulls. Uh, end of season record for the Heat, 66 and 16, and they're going to win the NBA title uh, as well. So this is the second yeah. longest win streak oh, in NBA oh, history, per you know right. our our actual records, not this. Right. Dumb, I, I think I think thing. I think one thing worth noting is you know beginning of the streak, they're 29 and 14, and they're not like I mean they're playing fine. Obviously, 29 and 14 is a good record, but there's definitely like still some you know they they you know disappointed in the finals last year. They were kind of uh, or, or in, the, in the first year, you know, they were kind of. It was kind of like, oh, are they, you know, is there something wrong with them? Are they, you know, they're not as good necessarily as they have. I think, you know, Brooklyn at this point, you know, had had there, there were some other teams that people thought, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. they might catch up with the Heat. So, so, you know, things were not necessarily like gelling completely for the team. Right. They beat the Thunder the year prior, which a lot of people will, will look back on and just be like, oh, yeah, Miami Heat won the title. But like a lot of time it was like, ah, the, the, the Thunder, like, yeah, it's not a real team. Right. You know what I mean? And, right. and rightfully so. I mean, at that time, it felt like these were just like this young upstart team that just kind of lucked into getting to here obviously it would, it would be the, all three of those guys would become transcendent you know superstars but at the time it was like yeah wow okay this kind of an upstart team and yeah they're they're pretty good and yeah Miami beat them but it's like all right that's not really I mean they, they haven't had tough tough real true tough competition so yeah this you know having them start off kind of uneven in the season was like all right is this team like actually going to make multiple titles is this thing actually going to happen or is this going to be a team that goes one and done and their only title is going to be against Oklahoma City I mean it was every single game was like a globalized you know referendum on the Miami Heat like if you weren't alive during this time it just never ended or not alive I guess well I don't know it's supposed to have any seven-year-old listeners or whatever but you weren't (laughs) intently following the NBA at this time like you don't maybe realize that like every game was like this just giant referendum on like oh every time they would lose it's like oh did LeBron make a mistake (laughs) what is this big three when is it going to end? Is who's going to have enough? It was just it was kind of exhausting at, at, at a point, but um, yeah. And they won a title at this point, so I mean, some of that was was validated, obviously. But it, it still was, like I said, at, at this point in the season, it was like, oh, are the Heat? You know, are they playing well enough to? You know, does, is there something wrong with the Heat? You know, 
Yeah, exactly. And and what's going to happen too is in this off season they're going to retool in a big way, and this is going to cause some other you know kerfuffle and and and, and 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 anger is that they add Richard Lewis and Ray Allen as well. So the rich get richer. They win the title next year. They add two more you know solid role players on this team, and right. and yeah. you know it's a little bit more of this all oh, this super team. It's ruined the NBA, all this sort of stuff. So yeah, it ended up being a, you know a team that everybody rooted against. Everybody pretty much wanted them to lose uh, as much as possible. And uh, so on January 10th, they dropped back-to-back games. This would be the last time all season, regular season and playoffs, that they would lose consecutive games. So then on February 3rd, Super Bowl Sunday, they beat the Raptors, and they wouldn't lose again until late March. And uh, some fun notes here. March 10th, for the first time in franchise history, they beat every single team in the NBA uh, as they defeated the Indiana Pacers. So they were able to defeat all 69 opponents by their 61st game of the season. So just an interesting little note there that, yeah, they beat every single person or every single team uh, in the league at this point. Uh, And this, you know, largely wasn't a dominant streak like the Lakers were. We talked about the Lakers just basically blowing the doors off everybody. We talked about the Warriors having their run where they were pretty much blowing the doors off of everybody. And, you know, it's, it was as undominating as a 27 game win streak can be because it's still, they won 27 straight games. Obviously they were still pretty good, but the average margin of victory was just 11.9 points per game. And even the first few games of the streak were close. It starts off with a five point win against the Bobcats. Imagine the streak never even happens because some fake team named the Bobcats defeats Miami Heat. It would Oh, yeah, I'm we'll have to check that. I'm not, yeah, sure we'll have to see the right. That maybe I'm wrong, yeah. I don't know. That's uh, okay, must be right, a typo. yeah, uh huh, yeah. <laughs> Puts a six point win against the Rockets, uh, and then in February, they only beat the Cavs by four, which every single Cavs Miami Heat game was like game seven of the NBA finals for Cleveland, which is always <laughs> awesome because they just like hated LeBron so much, it actually right, made it a lot right. of fun. Uh, yeah. Then they had to go to 2 OT to beat the Sacramento Kings on February 26th. Which, by the way, fun fact, Sacramento Kings still bad in, in this time. Who would have thought oh, wow. that in 2013? They were fine. They were okay. But, uh, you know. Right. George Carl? Was this George Carl? Uh, 2013. Oh, was no, no, that not the... yet. I don't think so. I don't think that was. When was the furious yet. George I'll, run I'll, of. Uh... Uh, I'll double check that while you continue going. Yeah, I, I, man. The. the... The George Carl era, I don't even remember right. what years that was or what, right. I guess, year that was. I, I want to yeah. say this is, is this the Keith Smart era? It is the Keith Smart oh, era. Oh, God, You're the very... Sacramento Kings. Yeah. They're so yeah. bad. Why are they you so bad? You guys will get smart. Yeah. Do they ever get good, please? Yeah. Keith Smart. Someday. Someday they'll be good. Oh, God. Anyway, they had Mike yeah. Malone, and they're bad still. They've had good coaches. Yeah. They've had good players. They're still bad. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they go 202 with Sacramento Kings on February 26th. And then March 6th, it almost ends as the Heat only beat the Orlando Magic by one point. The Magic are good at this time. Don't worry. They hadn't started their, their long streak of, of being right. bad forever at this time. Well, no, they were they were 20 and 62, so they were not that good. Oh, right. That was oh, never mind. This is post this is post to white. Yeah. Right, right. Oh yeah, yeah, he had left the season, right? Uh yeah, he left the season before, I think. Yeah. Okay, so they had started yeah. being bad. <laughs> they, right. they haven't not been bad since then, so good for them. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they only beat them by one. And then things got even crazier as we reach mid-March, where this is, it gets absolutely insane here. March 18th, the Heat come back from a 17-point deficit to beat the Boston Celtics 105-103. LeBron James game-winning shot over Brandon Bass. I have not thought about Brandon Bass probably since this point as well. Uh, and this yeah. clinches the the very, very vaunted Southeast Division for the third consecutive year. Uh, it extends the win streak to 23 games, uh, second longest in NBA history, obviously. Here, March 20th, the Heat overcome a 27-point third-quarter deficit against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like I said, every game against the Cavaliers, Game 7 of the NBA Finals here. Uh, they win 98-95, extend the win streak to 24. So that they'd go through a 17-point deficit, 
Two days later, a 27-point deficit. Then March 22nd, they overcome an 11-point deficit to beat the Detroit Pistons, uh, 103-89, to extend their win streak to 25 games. And this is the third consecutive game in which they come back from double-digit deficits, uh, the fifth time during the streak and the 11th time during the season as well. So this became a theme for the Miami Heat. Get down early and then come back at the end uh, and hope it happens. And, and well, we're going to do it one more time. Sure. Before we go, that, that Cavs-Heat game, I will give you – Two dollars if you can tell me the uh, leading score for the Cavs. In that oh game. my God! In 2013. Yes. Holy crap! Uh, was Mo? Was the corpse of Mo Williams still around? He was not still around. No. Damn. I got I, no. I have no idea. It is Wayne Ellington. Oh, you could have given me ten thousand. <laughs> we could have been here for five hours, and I don't think I would have gotten to Wayne Ellington. Wow. Have, no. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne Ellington. Ellington. Jesus God. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Right. Cavaliers basketball. Anyway, uh, March 27th, they overcome an 11-point deficit with uh, Dwayne Wade inactive. Again, so, again, this Bobcats team, which I I, I don't know what. I, I, a copy and paste error, I guess. But uh, Probably, yeah. they beat whatever this team. What, some team from Charlotte, uh, 109-77. That extends the win streak to 26 games. This is the fourth consecutive game when they have to come back from double-digit deficits. So, yeah, things are, are getting a little, uh, little hairy here for Miami. Uh, LeBron was pretty damn good during the streak. He had just 27.1 points per game, 8.1 rebounds per game, 7.8 assists per game. Uh, very good player, this LeBron guy. Uh, he also shoots uh, 57.7 from the field. So a, a tough assignment this year, uh, LeBron James. If people don't remember, yeah. this was like fully unlocked LeBron James. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially yeah. during the streak, it was like, oh, wait, this is like one of the greatest players ever on one of the greatest streaks. I mean, he just didn't miss. I don't. I, I, I know he missed some shots. He obviously missed, sure. like, you know, <laughs> at least 30% of his shots sometimes, sometimes right. 40%. But uh, sure. it felt like that's dude from – it was he – like we talked about the Warriors where they got like fully confident. After they won that title, after this title, LeBron was locked in, especially at this point during the streak where where he had just fully assumed like the leadership role of this team and said, "Hey, Dwayne, you're fine, but like I'm better than you. I'm the best player on this team. Just let me have the ball." He was just unbelievable during the season. Just shoot, you know, his mid range game was in, insane. He was still peak athleticism. His defense was incredible. I mean, this is like an all time all time great season here by LeBron and 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 yeah, those numbers during that streak really speak to that. I mean, just just. Unbelievable shooting, you know, his effective field goal percentage over sixty percent for the year. I mean, just a just an incredible player this year. Just unbelievable stuff by by LeBron. So yeah, I, I mean, again, pretty much the peak of all of his powers because he still has that young athleticism, uh, you know, near what he had in his prime as use, and he he has all of you know just the intelligence that he's gained from years of experience and you know is is gelling with his team better than ever, and it's just you know, pretty much it's. Uh, you know, very, very few stretches of time in which anybody has played any better than LeBron did over these 27 games. And uh, Dwayne Wade, also pretty good. 22 points per game, or 22.7 points per game, 5.7 rebounds per game, 5.6 assists per game. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah and Chris Bosh solid as well. Uh, pretty much exactly like exactly what you want out of Chris right. Bosh. 15.8 points per game, 5.9 rebounds uh, per game as well. So here's where yeah. I give you my fun fact. So All right. Christmas morning, I unwrap a gift, and my wife got me tickets to the Chicago Bulls versus the Miami Heat. And I'm telling her, right. oh, man, this Miami Heat is incredible. This is a great game. Right. Like, I can't believe you did this. Thank you so much. They're really good tickets as well. That's my gift. And then as this win streak is happening, I'm looking at these tickets going, oh, baby, I am going to see the Miami Heat in the midst of their win streak against the Chicago Bulls, who always give these guys a tough time, always give Miami Heat a tough time, always play, you know, really, really hard. Joe Kim Noah is, like, always pissy about LeBron and the the Heat. Like, you know, Dwayne Wade's from Chicago, but we hate him now. Like, oh, it's going to be incredible to watch this game. So on February 21st, 2013, we get to our seats, and we watch 
Miami Heat and Chicago 22-22 at the end of the first quarter. We're thinking, oh, baby, here we go. And the crowd's hyped. Everyone's going nuts. Uh, Miami then does uh, 23-13 second quarter, and then Brady Bunch pulls away the rest of the game. It's 86-67. <laughs> Miami gets the win. Uh, it does not go very well. Uh, even Le- LeBron's like 11-15 from the field. He's incredible, so at least it was worth it to see him be incredible. But, you know, they, they, it's basically a laugher at, at a certain point. Norris Cole plays like the last half of the game. It's just sure. absolutely dumb. And I'm like, ah, you know what? Hey, you got me You got me Bulls heat. You know, usually it's a good game. It happens, it happens, it happens. March 27th, Bulls versus Heat in Chicago. Again, yeah. And it ends. And I was like, damn it. Why couldn't you have bought me these tickets? I mean, it made absolutely much more sense for, for me, her to buy me tickets to the other game. Uh, right. But she should have bought me tickets to this one because I would have been here for Game 7 of the NBA Finals for Bulls fans when it finally ends. The win streak is over. Despite 32 points from LeBron, 21 from Bosch, 18 from Wade, the Heat couldn't do it the rest of the team didn't show up mario chalmers four of ten from the field i'm sure he got oh, yelled at all the yeah. time for that as well. probably so, this is in peak team doing well mario chalmers misses a shot timeouts called the run yeah. yells at mario chalmers what the <laughs> hell yeah mario yeah. <laughs> great period in, in, go in back mario. to alaska mario yeah yeah uh ray allen makes only one of four threes mike miller richard lewis james jones joel anthony don't play and then the Bulls get contributions from all over the team. 28 points from Lou Aldang. 17 points from a very young Jimmy Butler. Big, big game from Carlos Boozer. 21-17. and 17. Big Boo's not going to let this happen anymore. No. Nate Robinson with 14 off the bench. Uh, unfortunately, Jason Vladimir Radovanovic did not play in this game. So Did not? Oh, wow. Yeah. Derek wow. Rose was hurt, and Vladimir Radovanovic was a uh, DNP CP. So, or CD, hey. so... Yeah, Daquan Cook getting revenge over his former team. You know, one from five for the field. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, this points, is this yeah. is a yeah a whiteboard Daquan game for Daquan Cook. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. I didn't go to this game, but that's fine. This is the win streak is over. Uh, and then obviously the Miami Heat would would have some struggles in the playoffs. They would have a, a real tough series against my uh, Indiana. Sure. Uh, kind of an iconic fun series as well for Paul George in the making of his career, and then an all time great series against the San Antonio Spurs. Obviously, come back from from basically what appeared to be death for the big Ray Allen shot and all that sort of stuff. And they end up winning the title uh, in seven games in, in, in one of the all-time great NBA finals uh, a series of all time between the Spurs and the Heat. And obviously they would do it again next year with a different result. But uh, yeah, this is a dominant team that, that, that played well. But then, yeah, sort of start to meet their match a little bit and start to kind of slow down once uh, the, the, the playoffs got kind of deep. But in the, old, at the end, ended up winning the title. And, and LeBron ended up having just a, an iconically uh, great uh, season as well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that really was, um, yeah, I, yeah, that that Heat team it, it is one of the interesting, you know, turnarounds from like you know a, a a good team in the regular season to going through that streak and just becoming a completely um, dominant team. And I, I, I kind of forgot, yeah, they actually, you know, they didn't just kind of fall off right there. I mean, they finish, you know, the season winning, uh, you know. Uh, 10 to 12 games. So they're, yeah, they're, they're pretty stout throughout. You obviously winning 66 games, uh, you know, during the season. Um, and you know, like I said, they, they had some struggles there in the playoffs, but, you know, kind of ended up being one of the great, um, you know, all time teams that season, but, you know, one of the uh, combination of regular season and playoffs and obviously, you know, winning that iconic series against the, uh, the Spurs at the end. All right, let's get to a 22-game win streak here from the Houston Rockets in 2008. Uh, begins January 29, 2008 versus the Golden State Warriors, and it ends March 18, 2008 versus the Boston Celtics. And 
Uh, end of season record, uh, 55 and 27, which is like good, but right. they won 22 games. So uh, it's the worst regular season record for any team with a 17 plus game uh, win streak. Uh, ever so just a, a very yeah. very fun so good but yeah it, it's, yeah, yeah it's just like they won 22 yeah. games and that's like we said every other team that we talked about Miami Heat won a title Golden State Warriors right. won it you know made it to the NBA Finals took an ungodly ridiculous all-time great 3-1 comeback for them to lose the NBA Finals and not win the championship the sure. Lakers win the championship spoiler alert the Milwaukee Bucks that we're going to talk about are going to win the championship uh this Houston Rockets team yeah, they lost to the Utah Jazz in the first round <laughs> in six right. games. So yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, all yeah. right. Well, yeah. and obviously a lot of circumstances are going to relate to that. We'll talk about it in a bit. But, yeah, it's it's just very fun here because every other team we're talking about has won 60 games. Among the most storied teams in NBA history, the Rockets, they win 22 games. They only win 55, and they lose in the first round of the playoffs. So it's just like, yeah. how, does, how does this happen? Like, what, what happened here? But uh, let's talk about how they got their streak. We'll talk about the good times first before yeah, we talk about times. the bad times. But uh, yeah. the good times are they replaced longtime head coach Jeff Van Gundy, replaced him with veteran coach Rick Adelman in the offseason they also bring back steve francis who uh you might think oh wow and it's like "Eh, no Uh, because at this time he had you know bounced around the league a little bit and things had gone pretty poorly for steve francis after he had left the rockets uh, a couple years prior and uh, do not worry don't get too excited he's gonna only last 10 games with this team it is not very good and he's out but um it's a very weird team but it's a very fun team so Yao right. Ming wasn't fully healthy at this point, and, and nor would he ever be fully healthy in his career pretty much ever again. But he was still really effective. He, had, he averaged 22 points per game, shot 50% from the field. Uh, and this was also the last super productive year from Tracy McGrady as well. So this is the team of you know Yao Ming and Tracy McGrady, the, the team of like, hey, what could they have done if they were both healthy at the same time? And they pretty much were never healthy at the same time at any point during this run, except for you know largely during this win streak and largely during the season when, when things are uh, going pretty well. So it kind of lets you know what could have been uh, for this team, but it's a very, very strange let's remember some guys team. They have a 40-year-old Dikemi Mutombo who you don't remember being on this team probably, but he was. He he played only 15 minutes per game and, and didn't do a whole lot, so, you know, hey, Dikemi Mutombo's on there. Uh, and then a lot of other let's remember some guys, guys. You have Rafer Alston, Louis Scola, Shane Battier, Bonzi Wells, Carl Angeli, uh, Landry, Luther Head, Mike James... Dudes, you know, they had a bunch of guys right. on this team. Like, I think they yeah. had Jawan Howard for a couple games, if I remember correctly, as well. Like we said, Steve Francis sure. did a quick stop. Jill Green they, plays, like, one game on the team. They, you know? they had 21 players play for their team, which and like, <laughs> right. is usually what you have with, like, a you know a 15-win team. Yeah, it's, right, right. And yeah. they're all, like, everybody who played for this team is, like, a person that you kind of remember, but you're like, oh, right. yeah, Chuck Hayes. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I remember yeah. Chuck Hayes. Like, Jill Aaron Green Brooks. One game. Oh, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> right, right. So... They had Bobby Jones, not, of course, not the Bobby Jones. <laughs> oh, that would be impressive but, if they had that um, Bobby Jones. But Bobby Jones this season uh, set an NBA record, which I think still stands, for playing with five different teams during the season. Yes, yeah, Denver, yeah. Memphis, Houston, Miami, and San Antonio. Plays nine right. games with Memphis, four yeah. games with Houston, six games with Miami, three games with the Spurs. So uh, yeah. good for him. But uh, anyway, yeah, this is a very yeah. strange, I, strange, I, strange team. So yeah. on January 29th, they're a decent 25 and 20, pretty much exactly what Houston had been, just kind of hovering around a, a, a decent-ish team, but not, you know, a dominant team by any means or whatever. Uh, Yao Ming and Tracy Mary both healthy-ish, and the team is okay. And then 22 yeah, games sure. later, somehow they're 46 and 20, <laughs> and Tracy McGrady's vying for an MVP award. And it's like, oh, crap, here we go. And it's one of the weirdest win streaks, I'd say, ever. And it's one of the weirdest win streaks we're going to talk about in, in this show. Because there's no real narrative around it. There's not like, right. oh, this team did this, and then this happened, or this team was in the midst of this, and then this happened. It's just like an okay team that got super, super hot, won a bunch of games, and flames out in the playoffs. And one of their stars gets hurt. Yao Ming gets hurt, doesn't play in the playoffs. They pretty much don't have enough firepower, and then it's over. And you're like, oh, yeah. And it's not particularly memorable in the grand scheme of things streak. Like I think people are like, oh, yeah, Houston did that. 
it was fun at the time. It was really cool, but it's just it's it's such a weird streak because I don't know what to say about it. It's, there's no narrative around it. You know what I mean? There's nothing that we can really. There's not some larger globalized thing that happened because of the streak. It was just they won 22 games. Cool, and that's it. You know? Yeah, I, I, yeah. They were just the. It was. I mean, and that made it even cooler in a sense because. They just, it was like this team that was out of nowhere and suddenly they're just winning and it made it exciting just because there was winning and no one was like entirely sure how, <laughs> like, you know, cause they were, you know, a, a good to um, decent team, but they were one clearly, I mean, after they won, after the win streak, people thought, okay, I guess maybe this team could win a championship. Maybe, I don't know, you know, they're, they have a good enough record now, but obviously, you know, things didn't turn out that way, but yeah, it was just a, um, it was so out of nowhere. I mean, every winning streak of this length is certainly going to be a, a surprise, even if it's a great team, just because of how hard it is to do and how rare it is. But especially in this case, it's just you know, completely out of nowhere. Yeah, and uh, it's not a very uh, dominating team either. Um, the Heat didn't lose back-to-back games. The Lakers reeled off a record-setting win streak and route to the you know the biggest and best record in NBA history. The Rockets won 22 straight, but otherwise didn't win more than five straight games for the rest of the season. So it's like, again, it wasn't like they just won 22 games. It, it's yeah. And that, like you said, it makes it pretty cool, too, because these other teams are talking about like among the greatest teams of all time. And then there's also this Rockets team, which it, it makes it pretty fun. Uh, average margin of victory, 12.36. Uh, that's dragged down by a few close games early in the streak. They beat uh, Golden State by just four uh, to start the streak. They beat Indiana by three in the second game of the streak. Then only beat Minnesota by six for the fourth game of the streak. And things really get going in late February, and they beat Miami by 12. Then they reel off 10 straight double-digit wins, including three 20-plus uh, point wins. So it's like a weird thing where they're not really confident at the beginning of the streak. They're just barely squeaking by. And then for some reason, they're just like, yeah, this fucking rules. Let's just keep winning games. And then they just yeah. went great. They were just like, like really yeah. good Why at not? this point, which is odd. They're like, hey, we got confidence, and we can do this. And they kept doing it. Yeah. And then and they lose the streak. They get decimated by the Boston Celtics. <laughs> Absolutely get the blows torn off by the Boston Celtics. They lose by 20, and they would follow it up the next day by losing by 21 to the New Orleans Hornets. So it's just perfect that they reel off 22 straight, and then they lose two consecutive games uh, by 20-plus uh, points per game. But uh, some some quotes from the uh, the loss to the Celtics. Uh, Ray Ferralson says, Our names will be mentioned there with Hall of Fame people. We have something to tell our kids. Yeah. I don't know what Hall of Fame people he's referring well, to. But, uh, you know, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know that Rafer Alston's name is ever mentioned with other Hall of Fame people, but. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I'll, we said I'll, Tracy I'll, McGrady, Yao Ming, and then Rafer Alston, so I guess he is indeed. His name is said with Hall of Fame people sometimes, so. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, Shane Vanier uh, with a quote here says, I'm too close to the situation right now to really appreciate. When I'm old and gray and can't dribble this basketball anymore, I think I'll appreciate it. Right now, we're still in a playoff run and have some dogs barking at our heels. So just a classic Shane Battier, let's get them. You know, we're we're heels, focused yeah. on the next game type right. of quote here from that's, Shane uh, Battier. Yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah, the, uh, you know, analytic special right there for yeah uh, the consummate yeah. professional let's say uh, we'll get, we'll get him next game yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if somebody should ask shane betty if he's not if he appreciates it now that he's not close to the situation anymore yeah yeah, yeah. Old, well, old depending can he still dribble basketball though i he guess cause... probably can still dribble basketball but he's, he's old and gray i think you know i, I think it counts somebody okay. should ask him just see you know he's like i'm not quite yet i can still dribble you know basketball so, yeah i'm not there yet but you talk to me in yeah. five six years we'll see see where i'm right. at so maybe yeah. arthritis you know prevents me from dribbling and then i will fully I'll be able to appreciate this. And, and Tracy McGrady says all good things must come to an end, which is unfortunately yeah. 
very ominous for what sure, would be the rest of Tracy McGrady's career, unfortunately, at this point, because he's going to get hurt yeah. the next year and just never be Tracy McGrady ever again. But at least this year, we got one last Tracy McGrady season. Just perfect. Uh, just a perfect encapsulation of Tracy McGrady's career. He's good. 21 points per game. The team that he's on wins 22 straight, and then they lose in the first round. It's just like, God damn it, Tracy. Like, yeah. Just uh, win. Come on. <laughs> oh, boy. Um... So next, uh, we have the Milwaukee Bucks. This is the last uh, all-time NBA winning streak of uh, 20 or more within one season. Um, another asterisk one that we'll talk a little bit about at the end here. But uh, yes, Milwaukee Bucks. It, uh, the streak began February 6th, 1971 against the San Francisco Warriors. Ended March 9th, 1971 against the Chicago Bulls. They ended up with a uh, end of season record of sixty six and sixteen and a NBA championship. So this is Kareem Abdul Jabbar second season in the league. The previous year the Bucks had finished fifty six and twenty six. They were second in the league in SRS, but they fell short in the Eastern Division Finals to the Knicks. And the Knicks that nineteen seventy season had actually set a new league record for an eighteen game winning streak. So um, you know had had already set that recently and. Um, the Bucks were going to have actually a couple chances to uh, get close to that record, which is kind of funny. So in the off season, you know, Milwaukee acquired Oscar Robertson, you know, basically giving, you know, Kareem, who's still known as the well center, a second superstar. The NBA expands from 14 to 17 teams and the Bucks end up going from the East to the Western, now the Western conference. So um, interesting stuff, but yes, um, you know, Starting with game three of the season, the Bucks had a 16-game winning streak, which was only – it was tied for fourth in um, NBA, BA, BA history at the time. So before they get this 20-game winning streak, they have a 16-game winning streak. It's one of the best of all time, tied with the 1965 Celtics, only the 1970 Knicks, the 1947 Capitals, and the 1960 Celtics had more. So – um, and that 1960 or that 16-game winning streak, excuse me, was broken by the defending champion Knicks, who were still a thorn in the Bucks side. Most observers probably expecting a Knicks-Bucks finals. Not that that the Bucks are no longer in the East. So, so you know the Bucks 45 and 11 when this streak begins, which obviously is a great record. They're you know already a dominant team. Um, they're eight and a half games of the number two team in the West. But actually, happened to be Detroit. Detroit was good for the first time in forever this year as well. So uh, in fact, that game three, um, game three of the streak, which happened against the Pistons was the closest margin, only a one point win for the Pistons, despite uh, Bob Lanier only playing six minutes in that game. Uh, Other single digit margins happening um, until late in the streak are game five with the bulls by seven bulls at 37 and 25. So they're a good team game eight against the Sixers. Um, by uh, by five as well, um, or by by five points. The the Sixers have thirty seven wins. Also a good team. Game ten against the Warriors, who are five hundred teams. It's a pretty good team with eight. So, um, but yeah, they're they're just blowing out everybody else. Uh, you know, the average margin of victory during the streak was eighteen points, which I think is the biggest one out of any of these streaks. Um, they're winning games. You know, um, thirty four points, thirty six points, thirty two points, twenty eight points, thirty five points. So, um. Game 18, you know, things uh, get a little tough again. You know, they've had, I think, eight, seven or eight straight games of double-digit streaks. They're taking on 
the 19 and 55 expansion Buffalo Braves. It was those Braves, man. <laughs> they're just, they're making things pesky tough, bunch, you know? a pesky bunch, pesky bunch. And they beaten the Braves earlier on in the, the streak. I think that was one of the, uh, the 30 the two, two point margin, but you know what the Braves, you know, Bob Kaufman's got pride. Don Mays got pride. Herm <laughs> Williams got pride. Dick Garrett certainly has pride. Oh, Dick Garrett for sure. Has yeah. Pride. And, you know, Dolph Chase is pride. They're their coach. So it's like, all right, you know, we're going to, we're going to make it tough on them. Well, the Bucks win, but only by three, 116, 113. They tie the Knicks NBA record. Next night, the uh, Bucks go to Detroit and they break the record in Detroit, 13 point wins, so a little more comfortable margin. The, the Pistons have fallen off a little bit, you know, during these uh, 19 games uh, during the streak or, you know, a month or so that this has occurred. And then game 20, the final one, 104 99 win over the Sonics. And then just one night later, 110 to 103 loss in overtime to the Bulls. You know, their their division rival. Now, uh their division rival, the Bulls. Bulls actually now uh the uh they're the number two team in the West, but they are 17 and a half games behind the Bucks. The, 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 the <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty big gap. Five and eleven, yes. So yeah, you know, Bob Love, Jerry Sloan, Chet Walker, Tom Borwinkle, Tom Borwinkle. 21 points, Hell 33 yeah. rebounds. Let's go. Kareem who? <laughs> That's what Kareem I say. Who? Yeah. Yeah. Lou who? Lou who? Because right. he's still, yeah, Lou who is what Lou. I say. Lou who? Tom Borwinkle, man. The Borwinkle era was just beginning, you know? 21 points, 33 rebounds. Wow. That's uh it's quite the, a lot of uh, elbows, a lot of elbows. Yeah, Kareem must have just been like, you know what, man, I'm not going to get hit for this. Listen, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sick of this white boy. You know, that's You're fine. Right. You, you <laughs> Stop elbowing me. White. Get the rebound. I don't care. Right. We're still going to win anyway. So, yeah. But he was there wrong. He was wrong, yes. So, and interestingly enough, the it, well, one thing, I didn't really realize that this winning streak came so late in the season because the last game is game 76. There's only seven. There's only six games left in the regular season during this time. Um, and... The Bucks lose five of their last six regular season games, and you might think, "Oh, they're just going to hold Oscar and Kareem out because you know none of these games matter." They right, right, right. Yeah, that's not true. They play basically their full normal minutes and all but the last game. Um, now they they had a you know almost all these teams are pretty tough. You know, it's um, they lose to the Bulls, they lose to the Knicks, who are obviously tough. Um, they lose once to the Suns, who are you know have. Uh, one of the better records out West, the Sonic, the Sonics were okay. The only bad team there is the Rockets, which is the last game. And that's, that is one where the minutes are cut a bit for Oscar and Kareem. So um, yeah. So, you know, they were 65 and 11 at, you know, they, they finished 66 and 16, but like 70 wins was in like, was it was a possibility for this team, which is you know kind of incredible to think about, uh, you know, and obviously, Hey, you know, they turn around the postseason. They finish 12 and two in the playoffs. They sweep the Baltimore Bullets uh, in the finals. So everything turns out fine. But uh, but just uh, kind of interesting footnote there. Yeah, that's that's strange. Yeah, you, you you would think that you know a team capable of winning this many games wouldn't ever lose you know five or six with their normal right. players. But yeah, it's it's a strange it's it's strange phenomenon. And yeah, I think I've always assumed when I've looked at this you know Milwaukee Bucks team and see you know those red bars on, on basketball reference towards the end of the season that they had like rested the guys or you know maybe played those right. guys on like pretty you know half minutes or hey you know what play the first half and then eh, whatever who cares it's fine let let's uh, build up for the playoffs. But no, they're playing normal minutes. It was just tough teams and and you know it. it 
it really uh, kind of slaps the face of, of, you know, the momentum because once the playoffs started, they just blew the doors off of everybody and in route to, you know, just a dominant, dominant uh, NBA finals win. So, yeah. yeah, the momentum of the regular season did not uh, did not matter, did not carry over, including losing to the San Diego Rockets in the final right. game of the season by a lot, yeah. you know, and then just being yeah. like, eh, that's fine. We'll just go win. Yeah, that's fine. We'll go win yeah. the title. So, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kareem, by the way, during the streak, uh, 29.8 points per game, 17.6 rebounds, three assists, uh, 53% uh, from the field. So, yeah, good, good numbers. I mean, I, like, not Borowinkle numbers, but, but good. Right, good. right. Yeah, good enough. Yeah, <laughs> good enough, I would say. Yeah, I believe that Kareem finished second in MVP voting that Two year. Two time Borowinkle, right? Borowinkle. Yeah, I <laughs> right. So. That's what yeah. I thought, too. The, we all know who won the 1971 MVP. I, it was Todd Borowinkle. I mean, we don't yeah. even need to look it up. I'm no, just I'm I'm not positive about it. Yes. Right. So. I know my NBA history, and I know that Tom Borwickle won the 1971 MVP, which, you know, some yeah. people still debate this time that Kareem was probably the more deserving, but I, I completely disagree. I believe, yeah, I, I believe it was Borwickle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, right, I, right, right. Yeah, I think the Don't double check us. Don't add us. We're yeah. positive. We got The it. intangibles there, I think, if it's Borwickle. Yeah, for sure, so, for sure. Yeah, you got a little of those intangibles, yeah. Uh, all right, so one more. It's the asterisk. It's Washington Capitals. Uh, it's 20 games if you count multi, multi-season multi streaks. Um, it is 15 games in the uh, 1949 season. Um, it ends uh, against uh, – what begins technically against the St. Louis Bombers, and it ends against the uh, Indianapolis Jets. So, hey, they were related to playing themed teams in the late 40s apparently. Yeah, it's yeah, a lot of – I, I guess – novelty, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose right. you're like in the in the in the – you know, the That's end of World War II, so sure. it's like, yeah. ah, our men in blue. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's just so, like, they, perfect. Like, they, they the loved planes, though. The they, bombers, they the it. jets. Yeah, the, yeah it, it, it's, yeah. yeah. Good team. Honestly, both cool team names. The Jets is a sweet team name for anybody. Yeah. Winnipeg, Indianapolis, anybody. Uh, the St. Louis Bombers is a pretty cool team for a... Uh, yeah, it's not bad. Not necessarily... I, not as, as... I don't really love bombing, you know, for planes well, no, and, right. during war, but, like, the idea of a basketball yeah. team being called the Bombers is kind of cool, you, too. You're so. throwing the bomber out there. Yeah, you know, I, I, I get it. I, I like it uh, I like it theoretically. Yeah, were yes. there any other... There were steamrollers, too, which obviously are not planes, but is, uh, you know, transportation-themed, at least. So. Steel. People... They, we were into steel at this time. <laughs> we we <laughs> love... We just cannot get enough of steel, basically. Things made out so. of steel. The bullets. Yeah, the bullets. Uh, yeah. yeah, sure. The bullets, yeah. The yeah. pistons. Yeah, it was right. like, yeah. you know, get your hands dirty. Manufacturing. Yeah, rust right. belts. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. And, and yeah, then... Indianapolis Jets is a, good, is a good name. It's true. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, Olympians was all right, but yeah, anyway. Jets are always just a cool, yeah. I love, I, I love yeah. the Winnipeg Jets and I'm glad they're back as well. Not that I love hockey all that much, but, uh, no, but Winnipeg Jets is a cool name. So sure. Yeah. I believe Columbus had a minor league team called the Jets. I believe that was one of their, before the Clippers, like back in the day, I believe one of the, uh, Jets. no, no one needs to fact check me on this. No one, <laughs> just no one else whatever. cares in the Columbus, but whatever. Sure. You're right. Uh, 1955 to 1970. Yep. There you go. Hey, I know my Columbus. So, uh, anyway, the Washington Capitals, they were coached by Red Arbeck. They had a couple of notable winning streaks, actually, this this 15 or 20, whatever you want to call it, in the 48-49. And then a, 17 games in the BAA's inaugural season of 1947. Uh, that year, they finished 49-11, uh, but they were upset in the playoffs. In the 1949 season, they actually made the BAA finals, but they fell to the Minneapolis Lakers, who of course had George Mike in it. And no, nobody on the Capitals was as good as George Mike, unfortunately for them. Um, Arbeck ends up leaving after the season, and the, the team's fortunes fade considerably. They fold in 1951. Their best players, 
Bob Fiedrich, who was three-time All-BAA, he was one of the best scoring guards of his time, basically, you know, behind Joe Folks, probably, you know, the best scoring guard in the league. Um, Fred Scolari was two times All-BAA. He was known as Fat Freddy, uh, you know, fat shaming there, unfortunately. But, he, you know, he's listed as at 5'10", 180, which doesn't sound fat. <laughs> yeah, geez, if that's fat, and, I, yeah, right, I yeah. hate to see what they call me. <laughs> it's not good, you know. Yeah, yikes. Maybe full-figured Freddy would be better. Yeah, right, right. Think about that one. So... Bones McKinney, which is the opposite of uh, Fat. He was uh, two times All-BA. He was later an ABA coach. Uh, also rounded out by six foot nine Kalegi Hermson. Excuse me? Say that again. Kalegi Hermson okay. was, uh, was their center. He's 6'9". I'm thinking that maybe Kalegi is a nickname for Clarence Henry. Like, it might be one of those things where, like, your little brother doesn't know how to say your name. So, you know, they end up, like, saying it funny, and then that just becomes your name. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 we can as as good of a theory as I could come up with. Yeah, for right. Cleggy. Yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting one. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Am I uh... – Don't know any Cleggies. I mean, he's no. from Minnesota. So, um, you know, he's got that upper Midwest. There's some maybe some upper Midwest thing going on there. Um, we'll have to Yeah, some regional dialect thing or something, of, yeah. Of – of Kalegi, yes. So, so in front, if you look up Kalegi, which I did, it only comes uh, up with him. So it's like I thought I was like, oh, it's clearly the like only Kalegi. Yes. Yeah, only human being ever to be named Kalegi, apparently. So, <laughs> yeah. um, Jack Nichols was their was a power forward. All of these guys, except for Fierick, later played for uh, Red Arbreck on the uh, Celtics. I believe Hermson actually played for the uh, Indian. Uh, uh, Tri Cities as well. So, I uh, and, and uh, Jack Nichols actually lasted until the '57 uh, title team. So, um, so uh, yeah, Red Arbuck liked his guys. He liked some guys. Likes his he, Cleggy, liked fat, yeah. he liked Fat Freddy. Liked, uh, <laughs> fat Freddy you know, and Bones yeah, and Cleggy, all the yeah. units. Yeah, this yeah. sounds like the worst frat ever. You know what I mean? It's like fucking Cleggy, <laughs> Bones, <laughs> Fat Freddy. Yeah. It's just like it's, it's the nerdy fraternity. fraternity you know? <laughs> right, yeah, right. yeah, right. So, all right, yes. Um, and, we're, and we are dedicated, of course, to bringing you facts about NBA players with odd nicknames. Unfortunately, Clegg Hermson, we don't know that much about. Um, you know, he he made two NBL finals with the Sheboygan team during that time. They lost both. And then he won the BAA title with the original Baltimore Bullets in 1948. He actually left the NBA, went to the ABL with the Baltimore Bullets, which the ABL was kind of considered a minor league, and the Bullets are part of that. Then the Bullets came to the NBA, and then they won the NBA title, or it was BAA still, I'm sorry. So they, they went to the BAA, and they won the BAA title. So I'm not sure how minor league the ABL was if the you know a team going from there to the BAA won the championship. But um, nevertheless, and a fun fact about me, I am the second person to have liked the Cleggy Hermson page on uh, Facebook. There is one. And uh, so if you want to go to Facebook and like uh, – Look, look up Cleggy Hermson, and uh, it's just right there. Yeah, now's your time to get on board because uh, right. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, the train, get on the bandwagon because it's going if you, if you don't jump on board. It hasn't been yeah. updated since 2020, but you never know, you know? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. once, once you know, the pandemic's done, the Cleggy Hermson uh, yeah. page will get updated. Cleggy uh, Hermson, yeah, yeah they're going to get out there. Yeah, Cleggy himself is no longer with us, so I'm not sure who um, is running that page, but perhaps a family member. The estate, the estate of Cleggy Hermson. Oh, well, yeah, yeah obviously, it's the estate, yes. But, yeah, no, I mean, get on board now now because uh yeah that bandwagon's coming whether you want to be on it or not so you, you you get on board let's do it let's uh let's get the momentum going yeah good times so uh real quick before we uh before we jet out of here uh the uh, longest postseason win streaks uh we're just gonna 
I mentioned them here. The Golden State Warriors have the record 15 games in 2017, almost swept through it, but then they ended up losing. I believe it was game four of the 2017 uh, finals against the uh, Cavaliers, but then wrap that up in 2015. Uh, the Spurs won 12 in a row in 1999. Um, the New Jersey Nets, which was a huge surprise to me, won 10 in a row in 2003. Uh, they Pretty much, you know, ran through the uh, Eastern Conference portion of the playoffs. But when they reached the uh, finals, they had a little harder time with the Spurs. They actually ended up going, I believe, that, that series went six games. So they, yeah, they yeah, it's fight, a, it's but, a yeah. much better team than people give it credit for. I mean, they they, right. they were really. I mean, the idea is like, oh god, is like these guys stink and they made it this far. How'd they even do this? But like, go back. I mean, you watch those games. I mean, that's a pretty good team, and they gave the Spurs a lot of trouble. I mean, it, it really was a better team than a lot of people give credit for. Yeah, absolutely. So. And speaking of the Spurs, they had 10 games in a row in uh, 2012. Yeah, they, they, they were running through those playoffs, and uh, then they uh, lose in the uh, Western Conference Finals. Only one of these here where they did not actually make the finals. Um, and then uh, 2016 was the uh, was, was 10 games for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, they, uh, they, they, again, they ran through the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs pretty easily, but... Uh, the finals went tougher, although they ended up winning the finals, of course, uh, you know, coming back from that 3-1 deficit and winning the championship. So, good times there. Absolutely, yeah. That's uh, right. I think we did it. Those I are the longest win streaks. Yeah. Uh, Cleggy yeah. Hermson, Tom Borwinkle, and uh, yeah. Happy Hairston are the the highlights yeah. of the show that you're ready for. Yeah, but, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy with the show. I, I am happy Hairston with the show. So I think we can. We did it. Our, uh, our streak yeah. is alive. Yeah. Ooh, I was a little right. worried there. I was clammy. The hands were a little clammy. Yeah, I was a little, a little nervous. Bit, yeah. It's a lot of pressure to put on yeah. ourselves. I'm going to take the next show off though. That one's on you because I, I it's like oh, I need man. to rest up wow. for the rest the other 200 episodes we're going to do because I just can't, all right. You know Fair the enough. burden of having to come and deliver. Do a lot suddenly. So yeah, it's just the burden of having to do it every. It's just like I I need to take the next off and then I'm good for the next 200 or whatever if that's fine. Yeah. Everyone knows we maintain such a you know a vibrant pace these days. So. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, it's just the burden of doing these every single yeah. month. It's right, exactly month. right. Yeah, that, that tough once a month schedule we've uh, we've settled into anyway. But I uh, know it, it's this was fun. Uh, I'm glad we got a chance to uh, to dive into this. There's some some good stuff here. Uh, thanks everyone for uh, listening. Hopefully you've uh, enjoyed this episode and join our other episodes. Uh, you can find us at uh, the step back at uh, fansided.com. All of our episodes can be found at um, it's overbacknba.com. Yep, correct? Indeed. Yep. Overbacknba.com. Uh, you can also find us wherever you listen to your podcast. We would appreciate a, uh, a rating and review if you do that to help spread the word. And you can find us on social media on Twitter and Facebook, both of them at Over and Back NBA. So thanks again for listening. I'll be back again soon.